Good morning. It is Tuesday, August the 22nd, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning today again with consecration. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice to you. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, When the Holy Spirit Does Something Not in the Bulletin. Our text is Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. Our movement, also known as the church Jesus is building, began with phenomenology. Tornadic sounding winds, tongues of fire descending on people, men speaking in foreign languages they could not themselves understand. This was not a prescripted ceremony, as one might expect at, say, a Passover celebration. This was live reality television. Things were happening that were not in the bulletin. The Holy Spirit did not come with an announcement of His arrival. He just arrived. Note the two very divergent responses from those present. 
Number one, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And number two, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. As it was then, so it is now. When the boundaries of one's experience with God are stretched, it reveals two basic responses, self-abandonment or self-protection. The former marvels in stunned awe. The latter mocks with sarcastic antagonism. To be sure, much of what gets passed off as Holy Spirit phenomenology these days may or may not be dramatic expressions of human personality. But how we respond says much more about us than it does about them. Years ago, when I was in seminary, a traveling revival descended upon our town. They had come from a vineyard church called the Toronto Airport Fellowship in Canada. Never before or since have I witnessed the kinds of apparently supernatural phenomenology occurring in those meetings. Fireworks abounded, but so did miracles. And yes, it split our community into two groups, those who marveled and those who mocked. It always does. At one of the evening services, I approached one of my seminary professors and asked his take on what was unfolding. I will always remember his response. In a spirit of awed humility, he said, J.D., there's a lot happening here that is clearly of the Spirit. And yes, there are some things happening that are clearly being driven by human personality. Don't be afraid of this. Lean into it with discernment. Let me close today with a few simple rules of engagement when it comes to spiritual phenomenology outside our comfort zone. Number one, never make fun, belittle, or mock another's experience of the Holy Spirit. Number two, resist the compulsion to be a spiritual thrill seeker. I call them storm chasers. Oops, I think I just broke rule number one. Number three, suspend your initial need to make a snap judgment. Lean into the possibilities and instead ask the question of true spiritual discernment. What does this mean? And number four, live a scripture-saturated life. Everything always comes back to the governing story of our lives. We will say more tomorrow, but that is exactly what Peter is doing here with his recounting of the prophecy of Joel. The Prayer of Transformation Lord Jesus, I am your witness. 
I receive your righteousness and release my sin. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your creativity and release my chaos. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your rest and release my striving. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength that my consecration become your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father. Amen. And the question, when it comes to the phenomena surrounding the Holy Spirit, do you tend to be one who responds with abandonment and awe or with skepticism or suspicion or even cynicism and sarcasm? What is it about you that makes you respond in this way? Remember any such encounters by sketching them out in your wake-up call journal today. And for our hymn today, we're going to sing one of Charles Wesley's many hymns on the Holy Spirit. Spirit of Faith, Come Down. It's hymn number 289 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. Spirit of faith, come down. We'll sing all four verses. Spirit of faith, come down. Reveal the things of God. And make to us the Godhead known. And witness with the blood. Is thine the blood to apply, and give us eyes to see, who did for every sinner die, hath surely died for me. No one can truly say that Jesus is the Lord, Unless thou take the veil away and breathe a living word, then only then we feel our interest in his blood and cry with joy unspeakable, Thou art my Lord, my God. Oh, that the world might know the all-atoning Lamb. Spirit of faith, descend and show the virtue of His name, the grace which all may find, and saving power impart, 
and testify to humankind and speak in every heart. Inspire the living faith which whosoe'er receive. The witness in themselves they have unconsciously believe. The faith that conquers all and doth the mountain move and saves whoe'er on Jesus call and perfects them in love. Amen. Love that how that last bit there didn't rhyme. Move and love. I mean, maybe it's a soft rhyme, but I love the words and perfects them in love. Perfecting us in love. That's what transformation is. It's not about making us perfect. It's about perfecting us in love from one degree of glory to the next. That's that's where we're headed. That's what the church is. People who are beholding Jesus and becoming like him. Well, we got a PS today. There's a couple of Holy Spirit resources I wanted to point you to at Seedbed. You know, from the very start, we've worked hard to develop a robust response to the church's often anemic resourcing around the Holy Spirit. We've recently released an excellent book called The Holy Spirit, An Introduction by Dr. Matt Ayers. I'd also like to point you to two of my prior Wake Up Call series books that you'll love. One I entitled, it's on the Gospel of Mark, but I called it The Gospel of the Holy Spirit, and my approach there was to say if we if we really want to learn what it looks like when a person is completely filled with the Holy Spirit, let's look at Jesus and let's ask that question as we read the Gospels. And that's what that story is, the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. That's how that proceeds. It just goes straight through Mark's Gospel, the shortest Gospel. It's one of my longest books, interestingly. But we're asking about What can we learn about the Spirit, not from Jesus explicitly teaching on the Spirit, but from Jesus doing what Jesus does? He does it all in, through, from, around the Spirit. And then uh, the other one is a book I did. It's a series we called Still Day One, Living in the Day After the Day of Pentecost. And I, I really spend a lot of time in the early part of the Acts of the Apostles there. That's one of my very favorites. So there's three resources, and there's tons more at seabed.com. I I hope that you will familiarize yourself with those and maybe even avail yourself of some of those. All those links are in the email today that I sent you. And You know, maybe you're listening here on the Apple podcast platform, or maybe you're listening on the YouTube platform, and you're like, what email? Well, go to seedbed.com backslash wakeup call and sign up for that email. It'll come to your inbox. It's full of goodness and gifts and blessings. 
and uh, you'll know what I'm talking about then. And it'll, you know, the whole point of this is it's not to to just sort of spread and spread and spread and get this out and out and out. The point is to build relationship. This is a community we're building that we're part of together. We're reading scripture together. And uh, that email is an essential link up for us. So there's that. Now, it is Tuesday, okay? I'm hoping to get some tacos this Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. But even more, I'm hoping for opportunities to be a blessing, to be a witness, a witness, a, 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 a sanctuary, a touch point of heaven and earth, a place where Jesus can do things. And I'm just going to be on the lookout, just like you. I put seeds in my pocket, physical, literal seeds, every day to remind myself what I'm doing in this world. I'm sowing for a great awakening. I'll be looking for you out there. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening, I am J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.